Let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away and it'll sound like you're sitting in the same room. It's as easy to use as Zoom, but gives much higher quality audio and video recordings. Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a hero platform for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on your first three months of your subscription. That's promo code SHIPIT to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Back to the show. Welcome to another episode of the Giant Take Podcast. I'm Josh and I'm joined by my co-host Alex. He's here with me today. Alex, just nice and easy. How are you? I'm doing good. I, I think you failed to mention today that you are you are bullying through a cold. We're not you're not a Justin Pennick over here wimping out from recording the episode because he has a sore throat. Josh is here in whatever form his voice is taking. He's here. So I think I think you you didn't give yourself any credit for that. Oh, um, yeah, I, I feel horrible right now. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie. If you hear coughs here and there, I, Alex says my voice sounds different, which I don't know. I have to listen back to like last episode and then listen to this and see if it really sounds. Does it sound that different, Alex? Like seriously? It's, I, not, it's not that bad, but like it's like a little bit of a horse, you know? Yeah, I sound like a horse according to Alex. And um, well, Horses don't sound like anything because they don't talk, but. That is, that is also true. My voice sounds hoarse, as people would say. But yeah, I've been, uh, since Sunday, uh, had a cold. And we're recording this Wednesday. It's still going. So that's, you know, great. So it's been a really good couple of days, you know, taking it all in. Yeah, I'm not in a good place right now. Okay, anyway, <laughs> let's uh, let's get into this episode of the Try and Take podcast. In this episode, you probably have already seen by the title, but we're going to talk about our top three uh, defensive rankings with the offensive rankings in episode 99 and some Giants news. Obviously, again, early July, late June is, you know, some other episodes where we didn't really have much, but early July, really nothing. Um, and late July, you got to hope once training camp begins, we're going to have a lot to talk about. Uh, but I guess we'll start out with the Giants news. First thing here we have on the dock. Nikhil Harry uh, requested a trade. Is are you know are the New York Giants a fit? And I would say no. And uh, too many wide receivers on this step chart already. And I just think adding another one in Nikhil Harry, who's just okay. I would say he's he hasn't really had anything too crazy uh, with the New England Patriots. I believe a first round pick uh, was Harry. And I don't know. He just really doesn't have anything. Yes, he is a first round pick. 
Thank you, Alex. Was, was a first-round pick. Yeah, I believe he was 30th overall, I want to say. or so, in, Definitely later first-round pick, but he's had some issues in uh, with injuries, especially at the Patriots. Yeah, um, and I mean, too many, too many wide receivers. But Alex, what, what do you think? So for me, um, I mean, I don't see it as a fit. Like you said, we have too many wide receivers. I don't think it's going to be worth whatever you're going to have to give up for him. He's a former first-round pick from only a couple years ago. I assume you'd have to give up at least the round of third-round pick. I, I don't think that's worth it. I, I don't see that as a fit for the Giants, especially considering we have players on this team that, you know, can do a similar role and a similar job to him. So I don't think he's really a person that, you know, the Giants are a good fit for. Obviously, there's the Patriots-Giants connection, hence why this has kind of been a little bit in the news. But otherwise, that's kind of the only thing keeping this rumor flowing. Because uh, besides that, it really makes no sense. Um, but yeah, that that's kind of that's kind of it for Nikhil Harry. I don't think he's a good fit for the Giants. Um, another name that's been coming up for the past couple weeks, K.J. Wright. Uh, outside linebacker for the Seahawks. He's been heavily connected with the Giants. Doesn't seem to have the greatest future with the Seahawks. Obviously, they have kind of a bit of a cap issue there in Seattle. He's kind of one of those casualties. Could he be a good option for the Giants? Maybe uh, in that outside linebacker role. Definitely not a spot we're extremely strong in. So if we could bring him in on a nice, friendly deal, uh, then I think that is a nice option for the Giants. But I don't think he's, you know... I think he's going to demand a little bit too much money um, for the Giants to afford, considering all the spending we did already this free agency. So I I don't think it's really an option, but if we could make it, you know, squeeze it in, kind of like we did last year with Logan Ryan, I think it'll be a big piece to this defense that could definitely help out. And on to already the final piece of news that we have here. There was a PFF article released, I think it was yesterday, about Daniel Jones and how now, I guess, since he's so debated over how bad he is and how by Giants fans especially is, you know, taunted and called a bad quarterback, how now he is suddenly underrated um, because of how much hatred people give him. I tend to disagree. Um, I think what is, you know, what has gotten to him in the hate is very much true. As Alex knows, I am more of a hater of Daniel Jones than most uh, of the positive Giants fans. Alex, I mean, I know kind of your standpoint. You, you're still waiting for him to succeed as well, but I don't think you put as much pressure and have as you know much low expectations on Daniel Jones as I do. But I guess, yeah, I mean, I, I don't agree with the article. I'll just say that, you know. I mean, PFF, they're always kind of putting out those controversial stories, usually, you know, with the numbers behind them. I, I, you know, I wouldn't say he's underrated. I think there's quarterbacks out there that are better for that label of underrated. I mean, if I'm not going to name one now, because I'd actually have to think about that. But like, I don't think Daniel Jones is one of those players. I would say Daniel Jones is an overhated quarterback. I wouldn't say he's an overrated quarterback or an underrated quarterback. I think he's overhated. I think that's really the best word to use or overhated by a lot of Giants fans, especially, and especially some of our rivals. Um, I don't think he's underrated. Yeah, I, I don't agree with it either. But, you know, there was some points where he was getting a lot of crap when he really was putting his best foot out there and really carrying this team throughout certain points of the season, especially when some of the weapons were low uh, due to injuries, especially when 
we were in some of those tougher games. The offensive line really didn't help him out. He had to take some of the response or a lot of the responsibility himself, which he should be doing. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to give him credit for something he should be doing, but uh, there was some points in the season where he did make a couple big throws. So I wouldn't say he was, I think overall he had some underrated moments, but I don't think he's an underrated quarterback. I would agree with you. And I think that, uh, I think it's time to get into our defensive rankings. So there's four categories for this one. It's defensive line, linebackers, cornerbacks, and safeties. And we have three or our top three in the NFL at each position. Let's start out with the defensive line. I will go first. And that is the not so surprising Aaron Donald uh, coming in first this past season, 13 and a half sacks, 45 combined tackles, four forced fumbles. And um, I think it's a pretty obvious number one for, for everyone, including Alex. And then next up on the list is Chris Jones. Um, obviously, Kansas City Chief was able to make it to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl uh, in the last few years. And Jones, um, obviously, is my number two spot there. Coming at three, a little bit of disagreement between both of us. I have Grady Jarrett there, who's actually suffered and uh, has had to live through some pretty bad Atlanta Falcons teams, to, to say the least. And he's, I feel like that's made him you know, stand out more because there's not so many good defensive pieces on that defense. And he's been able to show how good he is there. So my three, Aaron Donald, Chris Jones, Grady Jarrett uh, for the defensive line. So I agree with you for the first two. Uh, Aaron Donald for me is number one for sure. I know I'm kind of going in the opposite direction here. Aaron Donald, number one. Um, I'm going to have Chris Jones, number two. I agree with you. And for three here, I have DeForest Buckner. I think, you know, obviously he was traded uh, that first round pick from uh, to the 49ers for him. And obviously they would end up drafting his replacement, Javon Kinlaw. Um, but I really like DeForest Buckner. I thought he was great on the Colts. Um, first round pick in 2016, number seven overall. He had a really good season, 10 sacks, uh, 30 solo tackles, and he was just elite in the run defense. And he really helped that Colts defense and really carried them throughout the play uh, throughout the season, giving them uh, hopes in the playoffs. But uh, yeah, fourth among sacks among uh, defensive linemen, and he was just an all around beast for the Colts. That's why I have him there. Um, and then I'm going to go over to the linebacker position. So linebackers, um, we, we were kind of debating on this, whether we were going to do them separately. So we're going to have edge rushers, obviously, or outside linebackers together with the interior guys, um, just to keep it one category. So we're just going linebackers strictly. And I think for number three, I'm going to put my one and only interior linebacker. That's Bobby Wagner. I remember last year when we played uh, the Seahawks, he was very good. For them, uh, you know, in that linebacker role, obviously the Seahawks defense struggled last year quite a bit, um, especially that defensive line was quite weak for them. I remember we were able to pound them with the run game, really helped us win that game. Um, but Bobby Wagner really is like the the QB of that defense and, uh, you know, has been there for a really long time. And I think he is still up there. And I do believe he is number three among linebackers in the NFL. Next, going to my uh, number two edge rusher here. This one, I would say, is kind of a toss-up between uh, number two and number one. T.J. Watt, I have number two. He was absolutely amazing this past season um, for the Steelers. Kind of robbed of Defensive Player of the Year, according to many people. Obviously, Aaron Donald would end up getting it, even though Aaron Donald didn't end up having the greatest season. But then again, he is Aaron Donald. He still put up insane numbers. Um, but I'm, uh, I have T.J. Watt here at number two. And Khalil Mack. 
uh, is my number one. He didn't have the best season in Chicago, um, but then again, he is in Chicago, so you can't expect too much, but he's a really, uh, really athletic, really just all-around great edge rusher, and he just still has to say number one despite T.J. Watt and what a fantastic season he had. So, Alex, I'm actually going to change it to what you're seeing uh, in the doc, and that is I'm going to put one as Miles Garrett. I think that's one player that you're just forgetting in your entire top three this past season, having one of his best seasons with 48 combined tackles and 12 sacks. Um, He's my number one. And then second is TJ Watt for me. I don't have Khalil Mack in my top three. I think you even mentioned, like, didn't really have the best season this past season. So my number three is also Bobby Wagner. Um, and that that's my three um, when it comes to the linebacker position. And on to cornerbacks. Again, this is another one where we're arguing a little bit. I have the feisty Jalen Ramsey at number one here on my cornerback list. Then second, Jair Alexander from Green Bay has very much helped that defense in Green Bay. And uh, number three is Xavier Howard. So we have the same three, but just a little bit different order. Yeah, I would say going back to the linebackers, you know, we, you know, we didn't hear much about Khalil Mack, but he still had 10 sacks this past season. He had the most uh, assisted tackles in the NFL. He had, uh, he was up there with the most solo tackles. He had a 92.3 PFF grade. So he was certainly good last season. He just didn't make the headlines like he usually did as much, mainly due to the fact that the Bears were just extremely bad last season. Um, or at least just, you know, were, were not great, uh, especially offensively, obviously, with Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles and that whole dilemma there. But defensively, Khalil Mack was very good last season. Miles Garrett's definitely an interesting one. For some reason, I always think of him as more of an interior guy, but of course he is on the edge. Uh, I don't know. It's just something in my mind there. He had 10 sacks last season, tied third in the NFL, uh, along with Khalil Mack. So th- those two are definitely up there in terms of sack numbers. Miles Garrett also missed a couple of games due to injury, so I'm not sure if he exactly, uh, you know, is up there due to the fact that he didn't have the best numbers or at least as good of numbers as he usually has. Um, for cornerbacks, I'm going to go there now. Xavier Howard, I have at number three. James Bradbury and him were very close here for number three. I have James Bradbury at four um, here, maybe even five. Uh, obviously, Marlon Humphrey was also outstanding this past season. Jalen Ramsey, number two. I think this is close with number one, but number one, I have Jair Alexander. He was absolutely uh, outstanding, you know, this past season for the Packers. Defensively, he was able to shut down, you know, some of the best wide receivers along with Jalen Ramsey. This was a difficult one. I think they were neck and neck, Um, but I'm going to go Jair Alexander, one, Jalen Ramsey, two. Safeties, this is kind of a weird one. I kind of find safeties is kind of a weird position to judge. Um, I, I've always, I kind of have some of my favorite guys and I just kind of stuck them where, you know, not really based as much on their performance, just on how good I know they are and their impact on the defensive side of the ball. So Minka Fitzpatrick for me, for the Steelers has been great. I think, you know, I think he's my number three safety here. And I think he's, you know, arguably up there with these number two and number one guys. Um, Derwin James for the Chargers. Uh, I have at number two, and Harrison Smith is my number one. Um, Harrison Smith didn't have the greatest season last season, um, but I I still think he's up there talent-wise, production-wise, usually as the best safety in the NFL. Alex, you're forgetting the best safety in the NFL, actually, and that is Justin Simmons on the Denver Broncos, who had his best season of his career this past year with five interceptions um, and a combined total of, what was it, 96 uh, tackles. So that was the best in his career. 
And I don't know why you don't have him in your top three whatsoever because I have him at number one. Number two, another player that I'm forgetting is uh, Tyron Matthew on the Kansas City Chiefs who definitely helped his team, um, the Honey Badger, right? I think that's his nickname, uh, helped his team make a run to the Super Bowl once again for the second year now. Um, Is it the Honey Badger? I feel like it is, right? I think it's the Honey Badger. I, I honestly don't know too well. I think so. I, I'm like 99% sure. Um, but yeah, like Tyron Matthew, again, obviously spent some time with Arizona most of his career. Houston, Kansas City the past two years. Had six interceptions this year. Um, but no... Uh, oh, and then 62 combined tackles. I was about to say no sacks, but safeties don't really come up with sacks. Although he had did, did have a few uh, in his career. And then Alex's number three is my number three as well, and that's Minka Fitzpatrick. Um yeah, obviously he's been really good with the Steelers, and obviously they're huge. As if you remember, Alex, uh, the reason that a lot of fans were making fun of them when they were on their winning streak and not losing a game uh, for the first whatever it was, 12 weeks of the season, 11, 12 weeks of the season, the defense was coming up clutch there a lot, and I think Fitzpatrick definitely helped him with that. So he's got to get credit where you know credit's due. And that's my that's my three. So running running through it one one more time. Justin Simmons one, Tyron Matthew two, and Minka Fitzpatrick at number three. And yeah, a quick episode of the Giant Take podcast today after I guess a long episode last time. Uh, but Alex has something to say. Go ahead. I mean, just going back to the safeties here, I, I I don't just go back on one year. That's kind of why I didn't have Justin Simmons there. Derwin James, for example, didn't even play last season, so. I I'm kind of going I'm going a bit rogue with the safeties here. I, I that was just my explanation for it. Justin Simmons, you know, had a very good season last year, but I don't think overall is he a better safety than Harrison Smith or uh, Harrison Smith, Derwin James, or Minka Fitzpatrick. I just don't think so personally. So is that your final thoughts as well? Because I guess we can wrap up on all the Giants stuff at once. Yeah, that I guess that is my final thoughts. Yeah, I mean, we we don't you know it's kind of slow period in the Giants news cycle. Um, obviously, fantasy football season is kind of starting to hit center stage, so maybe we'll start doing some of that uh, in a couple weeks. Uh, so you know, Josh and I have been discussing that. So if you if you like that, maybe look forward to that. Um, but next episode, uh, you know, we'll we'll have some other creative tier list thing. Some we'll have something very interesting to do next episode for sure. Well, thank you, Alex, for that, because, of course, I don't know if you did that intentionally or non-intentionally, but for next episode, we are going to be talking about our top 10 New York Giants uh, and ranking them, obviously, 10 to 1, heading into the 2021 season, obviously, like the best New York Giants players that are on the team right now that we're looking forward to seeing, based on also their history stats-wise as well, and how good they played for other teams, if they've been on other teams, I guess it's a little sneak preview to maybe some of our free agents that, you know, the New York Giants have signed. And like you mentioned, Alex, we'll probably get some fantasy football content in the next few weeks slash months in here as well. Um, if you've, you know, been a loyal listener to this podcast, you know that we are also uh, some friends with some fantasy football gurus, things of that nature, uh, you know, other fantasy football podcasters, writers. So we're hoping to get them on for a second go around as well and talk with them. But obviously you'll have to wait and see. Um, but yeah, I'll try to make some connections, figure some stuff out. And Alex and I are really excited to talk with future guests uh, for this podcast. But for right now, go follow Alex on Twitter at Annoying23. Go follow me on Twitter at JoshSolo29. Go follow at the Giant Take Pod on Twitter. Subscribe wherever 
you are able to mainly Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Those are our top two. Um, we would really appreciate it. And um, oh yeah, I guess I should mention this uh, for the YouTube. Please subscribe at the Giant Take on YouTube. That's one thing, and turn on like the notification bell so you can see when we upload new episodes on there. But for the YouTube, we are making a little bit of a change. And now, you know, if you know from our free agent coverage and draft coverage, we posted, uh, you know, 10 to 15 minute videos about certain players or certain draft picks on the YouTube channel. And that'll be uh, for the remainder of the YouTube channel or however long we do it. Instead of posting the podcast on there, it's easier to just, you know, put clips of either, you know, maybe we'll put on some clips from the podcast or we'll just put out, you know, videos kind of previewing some specific stuff on that YouTube channel. So just wanted to update you there. But I think that is it. And uh, we'll wrap it up here. Thank you so much for listening to episode 101 of the Giant Take podcast. Or why am I saying this? Alex, do we still do this? I don't even know because I know you usually close I, it. I feel like I'm still the outro guy. You know, when we're not doing the interviews, Josh is kind of taking over the outro of the interviews. But yeah. You know, we're really scraping it over here to get it over the 20-minute mark. Um, but thank you uh, for everyone for listening to episode 101. Crazy saying that number three digits now. Um, and we'll see you next time with another Giant Take episode. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.